What's going on, Eric? Welcome back to the show, my guy. Thank you. I'm, uh, you know, this is just a, another quarterly podcast. We always get around to it. <laughs> Amen. I know. I love it. It's uh, for those of you who do not know, Eric, we've done multiple intros on the podcast before. I can link our previous episodes in the notes section. Um, but this, again, like you said, it's kind of like our quarterly uh, podcast episode. For those of you who don't know, Eric and I, we're, we're good friends now. Uh, we're also part of like a networking group within that group. He has the personal training seat. I have like the nutrition seat, nutrition coaching seat. So we've kind of been like built in business partners to some extent, uh, but also just become good friends along the way doing one-to-ones. I'll go see Eric in town uh, on my deload weeks and train, you know, a few times every other month or whatever it might be just seeing each other around. It's, uh, it's been fun to get to know you, Eric. And uh, I feel like getting you on the show routinely has been something that has made me look forward to bringing on guests on this show. So I appreciate you. We're going to save people the intro. Um, but if you want to talk about anything that's new in your world, I know you've been playing some baseball and stuff this summer. Uh, just give the yep, people a little yep. two minute thing on what's new on your end. Yeah, really. It's just been trying to stay outside as much as possible after the the winter that we had. It was either an awesome winter if you were a skier or it was just the winter from hell if you're not a skier. So um, just doing as many summer activities as I can been working with the North Valley's women's basketball team. And that has been amazing. Those, those girls are so freaking driven. And I mean, way more than I was when I was, when I was a high school athlete, um, me and one of the physical therapists at our gym, we just went and saw them play. And that was really cool to see the stuff that we've been training in the gym, you know, how it translates to on the court, but those girls are absolute savages. Like they are, they're diving for loose balls everywhere. They are rebounding like crazy. It was it was really fun to watch. So we're gonna uh, hopefully do a lot more testing with them, and I can't wait to see where it goes because they have such a great culture in that program. And uh, so shout out to the North Win- North Valley's women's basketball team, and my buddies John and Zach. Heck yeah! Shout out to them. I know they're they're <laughs> some there's some killers on that team for sure. And it's uh, it's kind of cool, especially being in like a coaching role too, having been an athlete in their situation mm-hmm. at one point in your life. And I, I think when it comes to like high school athletics or as people are growing, even kids, even collegiate athletes, like I feel like, especially in high school, there's this like normal trajectory curve that a lot of athletes will fall on. Now there's mm-hmm. maybe a, a baseline of like, Hey, you're going to grow this many inches. You might get this, uh, um, amount quicker. You might be able to be more talented in certain areas, but the thing mm-hmm. about like training and being intentional with your fitness regimen, even with your nutrition, showing up and practicing consistently, spending months and months on end, practicing a lot of your craft and everything that's going into your sport, you can change the trajectory curve to a certain extent, right? Like, of course there's going to be genetic differences and, you know, uh, things that are going to maybe help you or hinder you compared to other people, but there's something to be said about hard work. And you get that buy-in from a population that young, right? That early on in their development phase, it's crazy to see how you can change the trajectory of their season, right? For that year, but also yep. even them getting academic or, um, um, you know, high school or, um, collegiate scholarships to whatever sport yeah. that they're playing. And I think there's yeah. some sense of reward that you get to feel as a coach that you don't really appreciate when you're going through that as an athlete early on. So <laughs> kind of giving back. That yeah. Way, you can you know? see it. You can see it from a broader spectrum when you're a coach and you can, you can like as an athlete, sometimes it doesn't, 
it, it doesn't feel like you're getting that much better. And then, you know, you might notice it later on, but as a coach, you can see like, oh, wow. You know, and, and we have the measurements right there. So we can be like, you're literally getting this amount of hundreds of a second faster, but um, it's, it's crazy. You were talking about trajectory because that's, that's something that I experienced with my own training. Like when I was, I was a baseball player when I, um, when I was doing it and that's why I didn't lift. I mean, I didn't lift weights to start with because I didn't think it would help that much, but you talk about something that absolutely changed the trajectory of my entire athletic career and even stuff like self-confidence and and self-efficacy and whatnot, like weights fucking did that. And I would never have played professional baseball without weights. I would have never played collegiate baseball without any sort of weight training. So you can totally tell, but with the, with the girls, the, I, I just did a video on this on my Instagram, but the, the guys seem to buy in rather quickly to resistance training. And it's, it's like been socially accepted enough that resistance training works and they know it's going to help you, you know, them with their sport, but with the girls, they, they have this sense of perfectionism, especially the adolescent girls that I've worked with. And and I think it's because society has judged them just based on their looks and how they look doing things their entire lives. So they want to hit this imaginary perfect mark in everything that they do. So eventually once they do buy in, I think they work harder than the guys do on average, but I think it takes a little bit longer for them to buy in because they don't want to fuck up. They don't want anything to go less than perfect. You know, they want to know the rules to every single uh, imaginary game that we play in our agility drills and stuff. And it's like, guys, that no, that's the point is to just move side to side to like get your body warmed up. But they want to know exactly the rules. They don't want to do anything wrong. And so um, a lot of it is is with them is just unlearning patterns that they have learned from society or other peers, uh, parents, you know, whoever it might be. But once they unlearn that and they tap into their natural sense of empowerment, there's there's nothing more satisfying as a coach. It's like, oh, wow. And and, and my guys are hard workers like the, the dudes are. But the girls have been a totally different animal, man. Once they buy in, it's like, okay, <laughs> but it's kind of like buyer beware in that situation. Cause they are, they're monsters, man. And it's awesome. Yeesh. Yeah. We're going there already. I think you said a lot of really good nuggets in there, but uh, just kind of this, like, cause there are like unspoken societal expectations that people feel at seventh grade, eighth grade in their mm-hmm. high school years. And you're right, dude. A lot of times, at least what I've seen and even my experience going through schooling, whatever it was that I was going through from an athletic standpoint, like mm-hmm. there's this expectation that you have of yourself or this like this thought that like I need to look a certain way or people are going to be looking mm-hmm. at how I look doing this other sport or whatever it is yep. that competing in. And um, it's fucked because I feel like that just gets worse or it's exacerbated as people yeah. get older, as they leave their sport as they graduate from high school or college, as they move on from playing like organized team sports or whatever sports it is. And then they just transition into lifting and getting stronger or trying to change their physique or, you know, do recreational sports. But I, I, I don't know, I think I credit social media to it, but it's kind of like mentally yeah. fucked people up, especially females of like, yeah. how do I look doing this thing compared to how you know, how well do I perform in this thing? Cause the way you approach yes. both of those things are yes. very different. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just think that in general, like, yes, people get into fitness, fitness and health and, you know, maybe even being better at their sport partially due to like vanity driven purposes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. usually 
people keep exercising because of the way it makes them feel and the confidence yeah. that it gives them. Um, and if unfortunately yeah. people get stuck in this mindset of like, I'm going to continue working out, exercising, being physically active with the intent of maintaining or changing the way I look, then we're completely fucking missing the point of what it means to be healthy. Um, and all the other amazing things that exercise has to offer too. So I, yeah. Yeah, I see yeah. that. I'm sure you've seen that as well, but you just see that at such a young age. Now I know I felt that personally, but, uh, it's, it's just fascinating to be able to like, think big picture about this stuff and how at every age throughout your whole life, it's like something just adds to that bucket. And until you get mm -hmm. to the point where you have to unlearn it, like you said, you did, yep. but if you attack it earlier and you acknowledge these things and you break down those barriers early on, it's amazing The again, the trajectory of their life and their mindset yeah. and what they carry with them into their teens, twenties, thirties yeah. beyond, you know? Yeah, no, it's amazing. If somebody had just told me like, just, you know, the, the, the 1% rule, just trying to get 1% better every day. If, if I had really taken that to heart and, and put in consistent hours and, with that in mind, you know, not trying to be perfect with it, almost trying to mess up sometimes because that's where I've learned the most. Um, it it would have been astronomically better than than me finding out. I I really found out about like the benefits of consistent training in my mid twenties, man. I mean, it was I was I was athletic enough where I could get to that point, but if I had learned that earlier on, you know, just like hey, just consistency. That's that's it. You know, just just showing up and doing whatever your best is for that day. Like, Oh my God. But, but yeah, to change their perception of it as early as, as you can and, and encourage them. I like to think of them as like adventurers and explorers, you know, like, like who am I to tell you exactly how to move? Like if, you know, if you're doing a squat and your knees are, are buckling like crazy, yeah, I'll, I'll correct that. But we'll, we'll just make up games where it's like, I, I don't know the rules. You tell me the rules, you know, we're like, we're, we're doing hurdle jumps the other day. And I'm like, okay, the only rule is you have to jump a different way. Every time you can land on two feet, you can land on one foot. Like it, the, the second rule is not think about it too much, you know, just do whatever comes to your mind and, and let them explore, man. Let them see like what their body's capable of. And, and it's, once they start to figure it out, it's so cool. So yeah, I just, I love to think of them as like little adventurers with their little explorer hats on. And it's like, oh, how am I going to move today? I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but that's where the empowerment comes from. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I think that's sometimes what maybe differentiates like a, a good coach from a great coach is like, and yes, there's going to be times where you have to make corrections and uh, maybe you're implementing a playbook or you, you're, you know, you're wanting things done a particular way. Like that is always going to be part of this, but um, at some level, you also need permission to do things in a way that maybe is unique to you or a personal yeah. preference that keeps you showing up and, and keeps your engagement high or your uh, enjoyment from whatever that is high. I think that takes a great coach to be able to balance those two together and sometimes again, you, you might need to go see someone like Eric and get into a, a, a gym outside of your sport for the other, you know, six months of the year where you're not part of a team at school doing whatever practice and every, everything else that needs to be done with that. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. And, and leave it to us 10 minutes into it. We're just talking about a girl's high school basketball team, but it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's still cool. I think, uh, I think it's relevant to what we kind of had on the itinerary to talk about today. Yeah. And I'll warn the audience already that usually I have a big outline of like, Hey, here are the things that I want to talk about based on, you know, who's the guest on the show, but today it's going to be a little bit more loose. 
Um, we have a couple topics that we have on the to-do list. And I think what we're talking about right now actually pivots well into this type of like um, positive masculine energy type of mm -hmm. uh, concept that we've, you and I have talked about a little bit off air, but I'm mm -hmm. excited to see where that conversa conversation takes us here um, as well yeah. as the feminine energy too. So we're going to, mm -hmm. this will be beneficial, beneficial for both sexes here, but I just, yeah. uh, I, I think I think just, again, kind of revisiting this idea that like, hey, your ideologies, your thoughts, your beliefs, how you per perceive yourself and what health means, it starts way fucking earlier than you think. I'm talking like, mm -hmm. you know, five to 10 years old. And then from 10 to 15 is a very unique age and then 15 to 20 and then so forth. But a lot of these things can be um, compounded over time, depending on what information you're receiving and how you interpret interpret that, how you internalize that. And then how you, you know, eventually implement that in your life and your daily thoughts and practices. Mm -hmm. And I think at least for me, I know you've maybe feel similarly, but being on social media, being a content creator, working with real humans, having people come in and, and training them, you're exposed to a lot of people and a lot of thoughts and beliefs yeah. and um, how people kind of have their brains operating at what capacity. But a lot of it is like, mm -hmm. at least I've seen, at least on social media is like this kind of is lean towards somewhat like a negative masculine energy. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of context and layers to that. We'll kind of unpack it, but mm -hmm. social media is a scary place. And sometimes if you're following different accounts or you're constantly consuming this content where it's like, I got to be the best and I have to look the best and I have to do all these things to be, uh, you know, a happy and healthy person. And then if you don't, and then it leads to this domino reaction of like, I'm not doing well enough or I need to be better or what I have isn't good enough. Um, and then taking that out and letting that influence your personality at some level or, or how you operate day to day and how you interact with people. I don't know. I think there's a lot of benefits that can be learned from in the gym that you can learn from yourself in the gym. Yes. Um, but mm -hmm. how can we create a positive mindset around that instead of taking the negatives and having that, you know, influence how we think day to day. So yeah. I don't even know what yeah. the fuck I'm talking about right now, but I'd love to kind of <laughs> have you kickstart like, yep. Hey, what is like positive kind of masculine energy and, yeah. and feminine energy? And, and what does that mean mm -hmm. to you? And then how can we start to like slowly cultivate that and just be more aware of that as we proceed through, you know, our own individual journeys here? Yeah, no, I love this, man. We, see, see, we're exploring right now. We're adventuring on this, Amen. on this podcast, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, this is, this is, even besides fitness, I think this is one of the most fascinating topics that, that just, it just interests me in every part of my core. I just, it's, this is a model of looking at the world. Okay. So I'm not talking in absolutes here. And also neither of us are talking about gender. When we say uh, masculinity and femininity, this is, these are energetic poles. Like this is a spectrum here. This is an energetic spectrum. This has nothing to do with gender. And we all have masculine and feminine energy. I have a super strong feminine side. Holy shit. Like I am sometimes I'm probably more feminine than I am masculine, which, you know, it's, it's funny because that's part of being a, a positive masculine influence is accepting your feminine side and nurturing your own feminine side. But, but it, I, I think it helps to describe these two. So a super, super simple way to think about it is masculine energy does feminine energy is done too. So Masculine energy is direction. It's having a goal. It's moving towards that goal. It's everything in the universe that is nailed down, you know, like, like consciousness. It's the, it's the, the frame behind the consciousness. It's the mountain where the feminine energy is the weather, 
You know, it, it is grounded. It's nailed down. It's constant. It's unchanging. It is the structure that allows feminine energy to flow. So alongside with that, feminine energy is flowing. It's changing. It's it's uh, like the river going through the mountains and all that. It, it's seeking connection. It's feeling what you're feeling in this moment right now. Also helpful to note how these two different energies are validated. Okay. And both of these are, are very important. Masculine energy is validated internally. It's validated by having a challenge or having a goal, working towards that goal. And, and like, you know, that you did what you could to achieve that goal, whether it is you achieved it or not, you're moving towards that, you know, direction. Feminine energy is externally validated. So that is seeking connection with others. And again, like, I'm not saying one is like just for women, the other is just for men. It's like, like, I love being externally validated. <laughs> you know, that feels really good. Like one of my love languages is words of affirmation. And I, I love when people notice the the things that I'm doing. That's, that's awesome. But what I think has been happening in, in just society in general. So for a long, long time, we had to not only live with the land, but we had to kind of dominate the land and dominate nature for a little bit, you know, and that in that context, that was masculinity, you know, it's going out and, and hunting a, a deer or a buffalo or something like that. And, and get me started on another tangent, but, but the, the healthy warrior masculine archetype really respected that buffalo and used every single part of it and gave reverence to it. But somewhere along the way, we took just the dominant side of the spectrum, just the competitive side of the spectrum. And we made that all masculinity is, you know, and, and, and we said like, I have to be better than somebody else in order to be a man. I have to have more muscles than that guy I'm looking over at, at the gym in order to be a man. And that's just one tiny little aspect of masculinity. So I think it's helpful when talking about positive masculinity to talk about where we are now in terms of I, I don't even like to call it toxic masculinity because I think what toxic masculinity is, is, is a lack of true masculinity. But, but for the, the purposes of this, I'll say lower consciousness, masculine energy, you know, it's coming from a lower vibrational frame. And I think just checking my notes here, um, making sure I got this right, but social media has created so much competition and we've kept that dominant sort of perspective. Like I have to have more followers than, than X, Y, Z. I have to be more muscular. You know, like if we see a, a super muscular dude on Instagram, the first thing that pops into my head at least is like, Oh, that dude's fucking on roids. <laughs> like there's no, he's natural. Yeah. So even that is, is competitive. It's trying to dominate. So I'm trying to like justify why I'm a man by tearing somebody else down. So, so I think that's kind of the state of, where we're at right now. And on the flip side of that, I think healthy masculinity is building other people up. You know, it's using your, your personal empowerment, your knowing of your divine nature to help shine that light in other people to help people realize their own light. So I would love to just see more of a movement in, in fitness in general to cultivate just an encouraging, supportive environment in the gym, whether, whether it's maybe you see a person in there who looks super intimidated just to be in a gym. Cause that can, that can be really fucking intimidating. You know, maybe you go over and help them out. You know, maybe you, you ask if they need help. Um, you give them a spot, you know, just anything to help improve their own relationship with their body and with their, their body image and with the gym in general. I think that's step number one in, in positive masculinity. It's just, it's helping use your, the power that you have not to tear other people down, but to build them up. So I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, especially in the, in the nutrition world too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very layered, right? And there's a lot of different rabbit holes <laughs> that we can go down here. Um, but I think you pointed out something really important, at least that stuck out to me is kind of this idea that if we look at like positive and especially like kind of this negative masculine energy, mm-hmm. um, this uh, innate, like a uh, feeling of like aggression or dominance or um, inflexibility, right? It's like, you're kind of just mm-hmm. this like robot being that just, you know, white knuckles, everything kind of philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes people pick up or see that more often on social media and, and social media is one of those things that kind of like amplifies those traits maybe more than others. Um, and if we look at just kind of like, again, you alluded to some of it, but what it means to have like positive kind of this, like just positive energy in general, right? Like, are we, we're talking more about like, um, courage kind of like you were saying, maybe we go up to a person in the gym who's struggling, or, you know, that they're uncomfortable or they're not doing something correctly, or they're watching a video on their phone. And maybe you, maybe you're the one that says, Hey, maybe just try this or, or, keep your arm path this way. And if it's one small action, like that can make a load of difference in, in somebody's world. Right. But just having the the courage to, you know, acknowledge, and then the ability to actually tolerate some of these challenges and embrace those as they come, I think is really important. Yeah. Even like a sense of responsibility, right? Like taking ownership Mm -hmm. over your health, the health around you, like being the best that you can for other people. I think that bleeds into all other areas of your life, but also into other people in your life as well. Um, Even things Mm -hmm. uh, like leadership comes to mind, right? Taking initiative on certain things and being able to like um, almost be a trailblazer in the way that you think and the way you move and the way you prioritize certain things. Cause a lot of things that we think that are health promoting things that maybe you and I do, Eric, a lot of these listeners think like, Hey, I, I get sleep. I get protein. I, I manage my calories. I work out four times a week. I, you know, I, I, you know, drink um, plenty of water. I'm not a huge binge drinker. Like a lot of these things that you think are normal and healthy, are taboo for people in their day-to-day lives because everyone around is doing the opposite of that, right? So being a trailblazer and being a leader of like, hey, I'm going to this thing this weekend and I'm going to say no to the drinks even though everybody else around me is doing it and I'm going to receive shit for that. But being able to stand Mm -hmm. your your ground on something like that, right? Um, Yeah. If that comes like shit like uh, emotional kind of resilience, you know, like your ability to manage and express your emotions and, and communicate some of these things within the moment. And- um, also yeah. like honesty, I don't know. I'm just thinking of words in my main mind mm-hmm. right now, but like being I honest, open and transparent with yourself and, and not yep. lying to yourself or lying to the people around you. And, and then being able mm-hmm. to adapt to whatever circumstance that you're in, you're open to change, yeah. you're open to trying new things. You're not closed off to like new ideas and other things challenging you or pressing into you. Um, mm-hmm. I think all of these characteristics kind of embody, you know, what a male or female, like you said, um, can do mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis to tap into some of this positive masculine energy because yeah. it exists within all of us. And chances are the more mm-hmm. you're able to tap into that more, you know, able to build on some of the pillars within that, your quality of life is going to exponentially increase as well. Um, yeah. In addition to yep. I think a, a word that comes to mind hearing you talk about all those things is integrity and not, not just in the, the classical sense of, you know, if you, if you quote somebody at a certain price, you hold that price, but I'm, I'm talking about like frame integrity is, is a huge component of positive masculinity. And are you 
the same person when nobody's looking and when people are looking, you know, or on social media. And, and again, that's, that's another thing I think social media has really fostered is this sense of like, as long as I get a good picture, nothing else matters. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I had to starve myself for, for four weeks to get this like one fucking vac- vacation photo, you know, and then the rest of the vacation, I'm, I mean, that's, that's, not integrity, you know, and that's not living with a sense of integrity. And and that's not to say right and wrong, like that those are subjective things, but integrity is, is just, are, are you who you say that you are, you know? And, and do you have that congruence between yourself, you know, just when you're looking in the mirror and, and who you really are and, and what other people see as well. But that's, that's also an important thing to note. What you said at the very end is, is like both males and females, um, any, any gender, however you identify really, it's like going to the gym, is a masculine thing, you know, like, like speaking just energetically, you are doing something, you are working towards a goal. And I think another area where you can foster a healthy sense of masculinity, because again, too, no matter what gender, like you need a healthy sense of both masculine and feminine energy. So I think a a, a super helpful way to foster more of a healthy sense of masculinity and tap into your higher consciousness masculinity is to look at how you're validating yourself and how you're looking to be validated. What is your reason for going to the gym? So feminine energy, like I said, is externally validated. So kind of, kind of on a funny side tangent, those, those gym bros you see that are posing, that are flexing. I walked in at uh, South Rock the other day and there's some high schooler like flexing in the mirror, standing right in the middle of the bathroom. And he's like videoing himself. And I was just like, Oh God, dude. It's, I mean, that's probably illegal in a bathroom too. But anyway, um, that they're actually, those gym bros are coming from their feminine energy. Like, just think about that for a second. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Cause I I've already said, I love to be externally validated. That feels really good, but it's funny to note you're looking for validation from somebody else. So if you start coming from this frame, whether it's just all of fitness, you know, it it doesn't even have to be at the gym, but try to internally validate yourself. Try to come at it from a sense of mastery, from a sense of like a master craftsman or craftswoman working on like, like a boat or or building a shed or something. Take that same level of detail into your exercise routine. How consciously can I feel my my muscles contracting when I do a push-up? Can I like really feel that mind muscle connection? That's mastery. Can I keep my can I notice if my knee caves in a little on my squats if that's something that I'm working on? Like that's mastery. Can I pick a new movement that I've never done before and try to master it? Those types of things will get you into your healthy masculine sense a little bit more than even not just looking for other people's reactions, but even looking to see if the number is going down on the scale. Technically, that's external validation. You're looking to be externally validated by that scale. Do your abs show a little more in pictures? Guess what? Even if you're looking at a picture of yourself, that's external validation. So come from the sense of internal mastery, of internally just trying to validate yourself. I'm doing this because I'm just trying to better myself. And I think that is, I, that's like at a baseline level, one of the, the shifts for me, once I started coming from that standpoint, my performance goals took care of themselves more so anyway, you know, cause my movement quality was higher. Like probably I'm, be, I'm able to lift a little more weight if I'm really conscious about it and have built myself up from that solid foundations. So, um, is that kind of the same as, as what you talk about with your clients with nutrition as well? You know, like maybe not worrying so much about the number on the scale, but, but you know, how can I nourish myself? How can I fuel myself as much as possible? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. And it's, uh, I think it's important because you've hit two really important concepts of like, hey, there's this 
kind of masculine energy, there's feminine energy, but people need both of them, right? And they're kind mm -hmm. of, I, I don't know if they're necessarily a counterbalance to one another, but maybe they're more complementary mm -hmm. to one another. Um, and if yeah. you're lacking yeah, like one that. or the other, um, mm -hmm. and one starts to display more than the other, then maybe you can get this lean and, and maybe that can be um, more of a detriment sometimes, or maybe you're not actually uh, reaching your full potential and how you think, how you feel, how you operate. Um, cause on, on the flip side, right. You tap into this kind of feminine type of energy that we're talking about here. Um, whether you're a male or female, right? Like you're tapping into kind of like the nurturing side of things. Um, are you supportive and are you caring about others? Right? Like usually that comes mm -hmm. with being more vulnerable and like being honest too. And, and having yep. again, kind of like a more authentic kind of, uh, transparency that you portray in, in your social media or who you, um, who you talk to and who you surround yourself with, um, maybe having more empathy and, and things along those lines, but all of those play out in the fitness world. They also play out in the nutrition space as well. And a lot of times we have this kind of like spark of motivation, right? To like, Hey, I, I don't like what's happening or what my current nutrition plan or current, you know, regimen is yielding me from a results standpoint. Um, or maybe where it's gotten me. And I want to change that, right? You kind of need to tap into both of these types of uh, energies. I don't want people to make it think we're sound like some woo-woo fucking psychopaths here, but it's uh, it's just kind of the the words and the things that we need to describe some of these types of... Yeah. Um, in, in this model approach, of looking you know? at the world. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think having both of them, having this idea of like, hey, there's going to require some effort, some initiative, some... Um, um, accountability on my end, maybe from a coach as well. Um, being mm -hmm. honest with ourselves, being able to communicate with myself and others. Like there's going to be the action taking part of this equation when it comes to changing your health and your fitness routine. Um, but there also needs to come at least from like a, a mental standpoint, I hate to say mental health, because that's not really our area of expertise. And that's a mm -hmm. very, very kind of uh, big rabbit hole that we can get down to. And we're not licensed, yeah. you know, clinicians, uh, <laughs> Yeah. to work with, uh, to work with people on therapy and stuff like that. But the mental health piece is huge. And that's where that feminine energy comes in, in my opinion, where it's like being able mm -hmm. to like come from a place where you're not always wanting something and you're more accepting of where you're at right now. And then once you have that mm -hmm. kind of foundation set, then you can work on creating maybe a different identity or working towards something else. But yeah. people get into this mindset yeah. where they could just hate themselves into, a new body or a new mind or, um, a fitness transformation, and maybe they get there, but you bet your ass that that's going to be short lived. If you don't change kind of the, the way you look at things and just kind of like, again, that feminine energy that you choose to ignore yeah. along the way, usually that's the thing that keeps people from sustaining those changes long terms and then progressing from there instead of just going that's, back and forth dude, all the time. I love that. And that's, and that's one of the second big fallacies, I think in, in masculinity and and even in just just femininity as well like the the first being that we have to come from this place of dominance because we had to live that way for so long but guess what we don't now we don't need to not dominate nature we're kind of seeing what happens to the earth when we try to dominate it for too long you know when we stop living with it but i think the second fallacy there is that to be masculine, you can't feel your feelings. Okay. And, and, and technically that is part of the feminine side of the spectrum is just feeling whatever you're feeling in the moment. But guess what? You need that too. You need both of these 
holes to be a complete human being. And, and that was, that was David Data who said that. And I love that because so many people think that, that masculinity is just one-sided, but true masculinity is having both sides of that spectrum. It's being, it's being whole and complete. So, I mean, how many people do you know that have gotten into a gym routine or a nutrition routine or both, like you said, because they hated themselves and because they're trying to escape something, they're trying to fill a void. They're trying to become somebody that they're not, you know, they're, they have this ideal version of themselves that they see that they're not right now, you know, and when I get to this next point, I'll be happy, but, but healthy feminine energy is acceptance and connecting with yourself and just letting yourself feel those emotions, you know, and, and, and I find it just, just for me, at least the, the emotions that I have had the most avoidance to once I started to feel them, they dissipated at their own pace anyway. You know, it was only the the pressing against them and the pushing against them that was keeping them around in my experience. So I think healthy feminine energy and that side of the spectrum is so valuable as well, even for you gym bros out there. Like, are you trying to escape anything? Are you trying to run from anything? Because that's not being a complete version of yourself. So yeah, take, maybe take note of that first, you know, when, before you make any change, like, why am I making this change? And and even if that's completely vanity driven, that's fine. As long as you just give yourself a little time to feel that, you know, like I've, I've had for sure moments where I've cut down to like, get back in an X or, or something like that. Um, it, it does happen. And, and that's not the worst thing in the world, but I think it becomes problematic when you just keep running from it. So yeah, acknowledge it, you know, just be like, Hey, I want to look better naked. That's fine. You know, and then, and then we can move towards that from there. But I think accepting what you're feeling, letting yourself feel it and just letting those feelings flow, you know, because that is feminine energy. It will flow and it, it's trying to flow all the time. But sometimes we get too rigid and too caught in our, this masculine archetype where we're just like, uh, oh, no, I can't feel anything. I got to go fucking hunt or, you know, whatever, like, no, do give your give yourself time to feel, and 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 that's actually another good point too. Is you can you can use fitness to foster and nurture each side of the spectrum. So so like we kind of talked about before, going to the gym and lifting weights and stuff that's pretty masculine, energetically speaking. You're you're really doing some shit, man. You're taking action. I can't tell you though the amount of hikes that I've taken or just times I've spent swimming out in nature, looking for a spot to to polar plunge, and once I'm in the water. I just, I feel connected to nature. I'm taking in the sky. I'm taking in the trees. I'm letting nature cleanse and wash over me. Guess what? That's feminine. You can go for a hike. You'll still get a good workout in, but you can do it from the point of trying to nurture your own feminine side. You're trying to husband your own feminine side. You're trying to just fill that bucket and let nature fill that bucket for you. So guess what? You're still burning calories, but kind of feel into that moment. Just be like, Hey, do I need to just like get out of this funk, take some action right now? Or maybe have I been doing too much? Do I need to just go sit in the middle of a, uh, like an island on a lake somewhere and, and let nature do to me, you know, in, in a, in a healthy way. So you can use fitness throughout this entire spectrum. And that's one of the reasons I love fitness so much. And also why I enjoy looking at the, at the world through this model, you know, because it, it covers everything on, you know, one spectrum or another. So, so which one do you need right now? You know, that's a, that's a good question to ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, if, if we've lost anybody in this conversation, because like, <laughs> even me talking about it, I'm like, damn, it's like kind of confusing. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of words that we're using to describe kind of this process, which is yep. essentially if you just skin it down to to the bones, it's like acknowledging that you have a ton of different feelings. And when you suppress certain yep. feelings, 
you might not be reaching whatever it is, uh, whether it's potential or progress or getting to a place where you feel like more mentally stable and, and uh, mentally proud of yeah. whatever you've been able to work towards or to get to, or to keep pursuing. Mm -hmm. And I, I think just using this like type of like energy conversation and looking at difference between like masculinity and feminism and, and tying those together, like, appreciating mm -hmm. that, Hey, we all as human beings have both sides and both of those sides are going to play out in different ways, but you have to, mm -hmm. you almost have to like, let that play out instead of like refusing to acknowledge that it's there or thinking that you have to live up to some standard that maybe is self-inflicted. Maybe it's some, something from you've heard, maybe from the way you've um, been raised. Maybe it's from the content you, that you consume on social media to act and think a certain way. And maybe that's something that hasn't been actually a benefit to you. And maybe it's been more of a detriment because mm -hmm. it's been blinding you to other things um, and taking away from maybe this whole other area of your mental health and, and your physical yeah. health that could help you actually be the best version of yourself, which is really what we're after here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if, if I, if I had to boil it down as well, I would say feel into what you think that you run from more. You know, because because, for example, I get into patterns where I overthink just way too much and maybe just not doing that and taking a little bit of action that tends to solve things for me. You know, so so I need more masculine action in my life. But do you need that or are you maybe running from some feelings and do you need to to feel that as well? Do you need to go for a hike and just 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 sit there for with yourself, you know, or do you need to go to the gym, pump some iron, you know, feel into what what you think you need in this moment. And and that is, you know, you you can't go wrong trusting your gut like that when you're, when you're really honest with yourself. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry if we lost anybody. It's just, it's so fascinating because I think all of this ties in to, and, and the, the emotional side, the mental side, it all ties into fitness and, and diet. And by looking at things this way and, and seeing what you need, you know, you can maybe make some, some healthier decisions for yourself later on. So um, yeah, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for putting up with, <laughs> with the, with the woo woo side things for a little bit. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if it, if anyone takes anything from that, it's like, just acknowledge that, like, if something scares the shit out of you, like it's probably an area that you need to keep focusing on or acknowledging yeah. or maybe explore a yep. little bit more. And then I love what you said, appreciating the fact that like, really progress is going to look different for everybody. And, um, I even made an Instagram post about this, like this week on uh, I made the example of like, Hey, for progress from a nutrition standpoint might be somebody saying no to pizza and beer one night or pizza and frozen yogurt on a Friday night and mm -hmm. maybe sticking to a different order at that restaurant or eating beforehand. They go out and still enjoying that social experience, whatever it is, um, mm -hmm. the intent of hitting their calories for the day, because that's, what's important to them. Um, mm -hmm. maybe in the past, like you know, self-control and being able to make those decisions for themselves instead of letting their environment make that decision for them. Like that's progress for them. Right. Mm -hmm. On the other side, same situation for somebody progress might look like actually saying yes to having the pizza yeah. and ice cream or yeah. whatever it is after, after dinner. Um, because the anxiety of like being perfect with their plan all the time, or the, mm -hmm the anxiety around like feeling like a failure after doing some of these things that they've deemed as like good or bad, um, 
has really been fucking with them. And that is a form of like yeah. progression, mental progression, but also just in your ability to make decisions and, and think big picture with some of this stuff. Cause we all know like mm-hmm. one meal, one night, one, one time a week is going to be very inconsequential in the long term. um, mm-hmm. kind of outlook on some of this stuff, but just appreciating yeah. the fact that like, Hey, just because you think, you know, you're doing all the right things and something scares you, like it might be worth your efforts dipping into the stuff that scares the shit out of you. That looks different for everybody. It might be working out less throughout the course of the week. It might be increasing your steps. It might be, um, not tracking food for a period of time. If you've been meticulously tracking everything for a while, um, progress Mm -hmm. can look like a lot of things, but if something scares the shit out of you, it's probably for a reason. And that's likely likely an area of improvement that needs to be addressed before you continue to get to this like state of balance where you're appreciating everything that, you know, your fitness and your health and fitness has to offer, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in in that last example of those, those two people, you know, one person progress looking like sticking to your plan, the other person progress looking like letting go a little bit. That is, that is really a perfect example of what do you need more of? Do you need more structure and discipline? And is that the the best thing that serves you right now? That's, that's more on the masculine side of things. Do you need to just enjoy your life? (laughs) You know, do you need to, to, to stop judging yourself and practice more self-love? That's more on the feminine side of things. So, so it all, it all works and, and it's all cyclical. It all comes back around. Um, it's, you know, it's, you have to be honest with yourself and, and feel into what you need in that moment. But I love that, dude. Yeah, yeah which I, I think we could use as kind of a transition into what we were going to talk about next. Now that we have we have some time, we got 20 minutes left here. Um, just being able to, to talk about the next topic, which you came up with, which I'm pumped about. Um, but it's this kind of uh, maybe like more rapid fire conversation style. Um, yeah. Um, little segment on like trends and shit that we see in the fitness community and the nutrition community that are likely doing more harm than they are good. Um, Cause everything mm-hmm. we just talked about really all of it is context driven and it's all yeah. um, dependent on the individual. And yep. a lot of times what we've seen now, at least in the health and fitness space is this like, um, I'm not even going to say an oversimplification oversimplification um, cause it, none of it is simple. And if you follow some of these big health and fitness accounts, they're going to say, shit that I think is completely irrelevant. That makes people more confused about anything, but from a simplification standpoint, as in thinking nutrition is always black or white or fitness is always going to be black or white. Um, and that is the shit that fucking kills me as a content creator, um, because it's more difficult (laughs) Uh to add context to things. It's more difficult to use words like might and possibly and depends Mm -hmm. and could and maybe, right? Like, like not giving definitive answers and elaborating on some of the reasons why you're recommending things or why you're speaking on a subject. Um, and I, Mm -hmm. I think that's what separates like fucking charlatans from like actual good coaches who, you know, are actually working with fucking human beings. Cause you can definitely tell the difference between the two. Um, at least tell the difference between like, Hey, Eric, he's posting content. He's talking about a client experience. He's talking about this particular exercise. We're talking about this type of energy. We're adding a fuck ton of context to it. Yes. It takes more time. Yes. It takes more energy. Um, but you can tell that someone like Eric works with people because he's, he's in the trench of someone and he's using that as motivation to talk about particular topics versus people who sell to people versus people who are there to influence people. And you can tell mm-hmm. that those motherfuckers are not doing anything 
one-on-one with humans and they're there to yeah. more often than not. And, and maybe there's no ill intent with it too. I'll always use that as a disclaimer, but maybe they're there mm-hmm. fear mongering in the grocery market. Talk about seed oils when damn well, that is the <laughs> least important thing that somebody should be thinking about when it comes to looking uh-huh. at a uh, fucking nutrition facts label or pushing a supplement brand yeah. or pushing their fucking product line or selling different outfits or selling their three week program, whatever it might be. It's like, Man, I just think that there's, there's a lot of shit in the space that I'm just pisses me off. And I know you listened to my last podcast. Yeah. People can go to that episode for a 30 minute monologue on everything that I'm just yeah, talking. That was about powerful. Right by the way. That was, yeah. that was really good. Hell yeah. It's, it's, just, it's, you can, God, you can always tell who is, who is selling something I think. And, and not that sales is bad. Sales is, is fine. If you have a, a product that can really help people, it, benefits everybody that that you put that out there but it's it, i think i think we have to be better consumers i i think mm-hmm. we have to be more selective consumers because the only reason they're selling things like that and the only reason they're fear-mongering is because it works and because their their traffic is going up their engagement is going up so i think it's on us as consumers to be more disciplined to be to if we see somebody shirtless in a grocery store or with a shirt that might say kale is bullshit or something. I don't know. Nobody comes to mind, (laughs) but if we see somebody like that, we can instantly know like, okay, they're probably trying to sell something like the way that they're going about it. If they have a link to the exact thing that they're talking about, that's going to solve this exact problem that they're, that they're just going on and on about in a video. Okay. Is that really the most beneficial thing for you? Or are they just trying to sell something? Meanwhile, if, if, if they're like, Hey, I, I do a, a training, uh, course for golfers, you know, and, and here's the golfers that I worked with. We've increased their club head speed. Like it's, it's right here. You know, if you want to grab it, go ahead. You know, it, it costs this much. I respect that so much, but yeah, the, the, the idea of trying to either fear monger or, um, any insert, any sales tactic here, just for the sake of selling your product. I, that's what I have a problem with. If you're, if you're trying to sell something to help people and, and you have to pay your bills, that's a totally different thing. But if you're just trying to sell your thing for the sake of selling your thing, I, uh, I, I hate that so much. And it's, it's insulting to the intelligence of the consumers as well. You know, like when I see something like that, I'm like, dude, how, how dumb do you think we are? But the thing is people are still buying their stuff and that's why they're doing it. So I, I think it, it can start if, if they just stopped getting engagement on all those dumbass posts, then they probably would adapt, you know, or, or go hungry. You know, they, they couldn't pay their bills anymore. So I think it starts, you know, with, with the consumer side of things, but yeah, dude, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. That pisses me off too. Yeah. Amen. So I think, I think we covered that one. Good. Thank you for kind of stopping my rant. <laughs> yeah. that, that was really beneficial, but <laughs> Just this first first one, first and foremost, is like this, uh, um, man, just this lack of context is what comes to mind um, when talking about fitness and nutrition related stuff. And again, like looking for content creators that maybe go the extra mile in their captions or in their videos and when they're talking about certain things or when they're on podcasts, instead of just making these bold blanket comments and statements, you know, sentence after sentence, those are usually a way to differentiate between, hey, maybe somebody is actually looking out for my best best interest instead of only thinking about their best interests and and exploiting yeah. my own insecurities and my own I'm not even going to call it ignorance is this because people do not need to know all of this stuff but when you're exposed yeah. to it and you think you need to know about it and then you buy into it it's like you said mm-hmm. it's just part of that sales process that 
people fucking make a killing on. Yeah. So I think that's really good. Just, yeah. just this overarching, mm -hmm. like, Hey, lack of context, um, you know, mm -hmm. going the extra mile when you're creating your content. I think we just have a, a, a responsibility to do that as creators and people who exist in this space, even yep. if it only keeps our followers at a thousand to 2000, like it is what it is. Like, I'd rather have those 2000 people know that, Hey, I'm going to be here. This is our space. This is how we do shit in our side of the internet. So you can yeah. be informed and make yeah. better decisions when you explore other corners of the internet that maybe are not a similar message, you know? <laughs> You know, what's funny about that too, is like when I, when I see nutrition posts, especially I get, I get this, this sense of, uh, being holier than thou in a way, because I'm like, Oh, me and me and my buddy Luke, like, we know what's really going on here. You know, <laughs> or like we, know, we know what the, the evidence really says about this and, and, uh, we're critical thinkers, you know, <laughs> and we can sift yeah. through all that bullshit. So, but yeah, no, to your point, I would, I would much rather have that, that amount of, that less amount of followers with, with the ability to critically think and the ability to appreciate that nuance. So, so mm -hmm. definitely look out for that. Like if you, if you don't see nuance in their posts and, and whatnot, move along. Totally. Totally. And our goal is like to get people to feel that way around their feed and what they're consuming as well as just this sense of like neutrality and not always making just emotional based decisions based on yeah. stuff that you don't know about. Um, which is, again, we're in this field. We do this for a living. Like you bet your ass, we don't know shit about like law or car mechanics yeah. or anything <laughs> like this. So um, there's limitations, but yeah, just seeing things through a different lens is really the uh, the kind of most important thing. And I want people to take away from that. Um, and even bringing up the research, yeah. a topic that mm -hmm. you wanted to touch on, yep. um, which again, makes this shit so much more complicated and confusing too, to the, especially yeah. to the consumer <laughs> is kind of this idea of like research-based goalkeeping and, um, using research as, uh, or just even saying the word research and showing something that mm -hmm. maybe validates or supports a bias that you have, or something that is actually in the research that people are using to shit on other things for, yeah. um, it's a very big spectrum on what research-based goalkeeping is, but I'd love for yeah. you to just put your two cents on maybe what that means. And then I know we wanted to talk about foam rollers and stuff like that. So maybe we, <laughs> we use that as the example to get the point yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. I, I think the, the caveat here is, is research-based gatekeeping without offering solutions. I see this all the time where it's like you and, and foam rollers is like the perfect example for this because there is research for and and uh, against foam rollers and if they really work, if they help, you know, who knows? I don't know. But if you just make a post or you have a, a company that just shits on these things like foam rollers and you say, oh, the research doesn't support it, you know, and, and you act all smug because you're like in this little secret fucking club with all this research. But you don't tell people how to feel better then you're not moving the field forward. You're just using that as an ego-based thing to say like, I'm better than you because you use a foam roller. And me and my science over here, like we don't use a foam roller, but like every person I've worked with that has used a foam roller at one point or another, maybe it doesn't help every time, but it helps them feel better. <laughs> like that's all the research I, I need on that. You know, I'm not saying research is bad. Here's where the nuance comes in as well, is I'm not saying research and, and evidence-based things are bad, like by any stretch that, that is super valuable, but to use it 
as a, as a club to beat people over the head with and say, I'm better than you, but not actually help them improve their lives. That's when I have a problem because it's like, dude, our goal is to help people. You know, that's why we all got in, in this field. And unless you're one of those salesmen, charlatans from before, but like this person that, that I was training yesterday was a little tight in their quad and we used to foam roller and guess what? They didn't feel tight in their quad anymore. And they felt better. (laughs) Like, okay, cool. That's it. And and let's just stop fucking talking about it. Move on to like, actually get out on the, on the floor and do some exercises, you know, that'll really help. But yeah, I, I just, I hate this concept of, of not providing actual solutions, but just sitting up in your little ivory tower with your research and not actually helping people. (laughs) You're so right. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, keeping kind of the foam roller kind of topic here, because I think I agree, it's very relevant. And I think it's something that everybody knows about and can relate to. Um, and mm-hmm. for those people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, um, foam rolling, right? It's big, like piece of foam that you put, it's like in a mm-hmm. circular shape and you just like lay on it and you can yeah. make your body to hit certain points. Um, yeah, it's like a massage, like a self-massage. massage, exactly. Um, you know, I think the research has really has really come a long way on it. And for me, if I look back at all the things that I've changed my opinion on or my appreciation for, um, the list is fucking endless, right? Um, In terms of things that have changed my mind, like complete 184, it's very far less than that. Foam roller has been part of this evolution where I've changed my stance on it in terms of I used to live and die by mobility, foam rolling stuff. Then you start to get into some of these different fitness camps. This is huge in the bodybuilding community where it's like people shit on foam rollers because yes, we have a lot of literature now that essentially says that, hey, maybe there's some short-term changes that happen. Um, You're borrowing Mm -hmm. mobility sometimes. Like, hey, you do some foam rolling before your workout, you get a little bit more depth or range of motion, um, but then you lose that later on throughout the day. Like some of these things are transient and they're not long-term changing. And there is some good literature Mm -hmm. on that. Now- Within that, I think people can use these types of research methods or these things to validate their bias from something that they weren't doing before. It's like, oh, see, I didn't do foam rolling in the beginning because, you know, I thought it didn't do anything. And now I have this piece of research that says it, and now I'm never going to do it. And it's just case closed. Don't even fucking talk to yeah. me. Thing. Um, <laughs> and then there's, there's, you know, the people I think playing devil's advocate here, and this is where my stance has changed a little bit where it's like, Hey, Maybe we have somebody, we have a finite amount of time that we can allocate toward, towards fitness throughout the course of the week for most people, nor, most normal fucking human beings out there. And it's like, hey, would somebody benefit from 30 minutes on a foam roller versus 30 minutes of doing a workout three times a week? Like if we compare those two, maybe the fitness is more appropriate for that situation to get them moving, mm-hmm. right? Um And then you kind of justify as like, Hey, maybe I'd rather have that than this. But my stance is like, Hey, yeah, I've gone to like no more, no mobility. Don't really do that with my patient or my clients anymore. But now I've gone back to the other side where it's like, well, anecdotally, it makes a huge fucking difference for me, at least And it might be worth exploring for somebody at least to get their foot in the door to see if it works for them instead of closing that door and locking it permanently and preventing them from Mm -hmm. experiencing anything like that. And dude, yeah. You bet your ass. Like if we're comparing things right here, I might be moving the goalposts, but if you have somebody <laughs> and they're working out four times a week and they're like, this is all I could do. I can get at the gym 45 minutes. This is it. Fuck. I bet you a hundred dollars that we can replace 30 minutes of screen time off Instagram or TikTok a day 
doing some foam mm-hmm. rolling or some mobility or some static stretching or even going for a fucking walk. And that mm-hmm. is also a direction that I think people get closed off to when they hear this idea like, hey, yeah, a lot of studies have found that maybe foam rolling doesn't improve your recoverability or not a lot is happening under the hood from like a recovery standpoint, but you bet your ass that it can open up opportunities and different beneficial things for people throughout the course of the day. So I just find for me, like using myself as an example, I'm on a fucking huge tangent here, but for me, including foam rolling in the beginning part of my day, it's almost like an Mm -hmm. anchor for me making other pro health decisions later in the day. It gets me up, It's me to literally force myself to pay attention to myself and to do nothing other than like thinking about what I'm doing to take care of my body. And I know this people can relate to this as well, where it's like, Hey, this is a time where you're not on your phone. You're not doing work. You're not with the kids. You're not driving somewhere. You're not at the gym. It's just another opportunity for people to take care of themselves. And I think people just so Mm -hmm. get caught up on this idea of like, Hey, the research says this. So that means it has no utility. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it can have a fuck ton of utility, but it might, you know, not be used for the thing that people are like saying it doesn't work for. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. I, I do. So I have the the exact uh, same example, but with cold plunging. Like I, I've grown to love ice baths and, and love cold immersion. And again, research goes different ways. You know, if you talk to Wim Hof, it's the best thing in, in, in the whole world and, and you'll be superhuman from it. I'm still kind of like waiting on that, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> but if you talk to other people, it's like, no, it's just stupid. It's, it's, uh, it's just, it's just a way for you to like show off and brag and be vain and stuff. But what what nobody talks about and what the research can't possibly talk about is all of the indirect benefits and how I feel, you know, not, not just like the little dopamine rush I get afterward. And I feel better throughout the day. I feel like my circulation's better and, and, uh, my, my joints are a little less creaky, you know, those types of things. But it helps me process emotions. It helps me process tough emotions because like when you're in the cold water, like if you fight it, if you try to resist and tense up, it's going to feel even colder. And every first time I've ever took cold plunging, I I tell them that I'm like, see how much you can relax into this cold water. Guess what? It kind of works for me the same with emotions. Like if I'm, if I'm facing a tough emotion, if I let myself feel it again, more, more healthy feminine side of things, if I just let myself feel it and I relax into that emotion, it dissipates a little more quickly. So foam rolling has, or um, sorry, (laughs) ice baths have helped me learn to do that. You know, it's, it's been so fun going on adventures in the wintertime, trying to find a lake to snowshoe up to, to take an ice bath in. Those are experiences like I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. That's the, the indirect stuff, you know, and, and same with foam rolling, it can be a mindful exercise. You know, you can focus on whatever muscle and put all of your attention on that muscle, you're foam rolling and try to feel it relax, try to feel that tissue down regulate. I mean, that sets you up for a more mindful rest of the day. So on one hand, yes, it matters what the research says, but on the other, if it helps me feel better, if it helps me be more mindful throughout the day, fuck your research. Like that's all I need right there. So I love that example, dude. Yeah. God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We kind of, uh, put the nail in the coffin on that one, but it's, uh, 
I think we just have to take the research with a grain of salt, depending on the topic, right? Like there's different, there's different types of research on different types of things we're talking about. And something like foam rolling might be very different than studying cardiovascular disease. You know, it's like just appreciating that, like, there's not this just black or white way of thinking when it comes to research. And then again, kind of like the, the common theme here is like, how can we make it applicable to you and your lifestyle and what you need and what you might benefit from? And again, a lot of this might be trial and error, some exposure to different mm-hmm. things, but you never know that if you're just so closed off to it because some bodybuilders like foam rolling does fucking nothing for you and you're wasting your time doing it, then you're maybe missing out on an opportunity to, again, like if, if what you get from foam rolling is like time away from your phone and from distractions, mm-hmm. or maybe you're doing some static stretching or a pigeon stretch on the fucking countertop or something. And you're just like mm-hmm. zoning in. Like that's an opportunity that a lot of people don't have throughout the course of the day to maybe focus on themselves. Same thing with ice baths, like for you, especially like you've created this almost life pursuit of like, how can I get this experience in a lot of different ways? Like, can I go hiking? Can I do, can I do stuff in the summer, in the winter? Can I create a group that we go to Truckee and ice bath every weekend? Mm -hmm. Like you start to realize that like, Hey, this can add to my quality of life, even though, Hey, maybe Maybe it's not best for hypertrophy gains, right? Or maybe we don't know if it mobilizes your brown fat more. Maybe we don't know if like the dopamine hits are, you know, the best thing for us from that sense. It's like, there's so much shit out there that you can get lost in the weeds in that takes you away from the big picture of like, does this make me feel better? Is it something that I enjoy? Is it mentally challenging for me? And is it something that's going to benefit my life? And you as the person need to make that decision for yourself, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes trying it in the first place. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about the research stuff is um, I went to a seminar one time that uh, was talking a lot about research and and they they showed us this study that was about this particular modality for uh, knee tendinopathy, like just regular old patellar tendinitis. And it was supporting one modality. Like I, I don't even remember what it was at the time, but then you find out at the end of the of our little section at that seminar they had used a goat tendon so it wasn't even a human tendon so guess what like studies can be fraudulent as well they can they can maybe not tell the whole story about things so that's just another another way of saying like take them with a grain of salt and you know you if you want to do your own research and study the sources and all that like great but just know that not everything is always like a hundred percent just because it says research-based doesn't mean it's good research. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I love that. I know we're at an hour here, but if you have time for one or two more, I got some time. Oh yeah. To- oh, yeah. We- you can't oh, stop I- this train. Once yeah, it starts. I know uh, we kind of had a list that I have in front of me. Um, one of them that came up for me. And again, we're talking about things that just kind of like piss us off on social media right now. We're trends that... <laughs> are doing more harm than good. If you really look at like, you know, some of the outcomes and some of the, the way it persuades people. Um, but one thing that I, I've just kind of been on a little mini crusade on is this idea of like 30 or 40 or eight week transformation challenges. Um, and, and I got to take a step back cause I don't necessarily hate that. Like everyone has to have a starting point. And a lot of times yeah. these challenges, these, you know, orange theory, you know, transformation challenges, you know, you follow your favorite health influencer or something, and they're doing something that is, um, you know, that is going to make you do something different than what your routine has been. And you're going to eat better. Mm-hmm. You're going to exercise more. You're going to take care of yourself more. I like 
there has to be a starting point. And if that's the impetus that gets you into doing those things, I'm a fucking mm-hmm. huge fan of that. So I don't want people yeah. to get my words twisted here. But what I do have a problem with and what pisses me off and what does more harm than good is giving really crazy incentives or highlighting that the only benefit that we're working towards here is weight loss or fat loss or mm-hmm. marketing these types of challenges with transformation photos of people who have done it in the past um, mm-hmm. for and after photos, right? Like, I just think that when we get so focused on weight loss or whatever outcome goal it is that you're working towards, most of the time you're going to see weight loss in the health and fitness space here. Um, that's why I'm using this example, but you're going to see some transformation photo. You're going to see some testimonial. Um, unfortunately people see that they buy into that and then they feel like a bag of shit when they didn't match up with the top 0.5 percentile <laughs> of the people who finished that transformation and actually saw results from that. Cause I bet your ass out of, out of every hundred people that do that, one person had some success. That one person who's sent their progress photos in, and then they're using that one percent to advertise to the red rest mm-hmm. of the population to help create buy-in and to get people to do the same. Um, but yep. what we don't see is those other ninety-nine people, the mental damage that happens from that, the lack of confidence they yeah. get from not reaching what they thought they might reach at the end of that thirty days. Um, even just the feeling of failure and like their need to restart again at a later date because what this did didn't work for them. It just feeds into people's perfectionist and all or nothing mentality. And it's like, when you just sell fat loss, when you sell images, when you sell these transformation photos, I just really think we're taking away from the most important thing here, which is like, how are we going to improve your life from what you're doing right now? Because there's a lot of good things that people can do to be able to do that. But if your only intention is to lose weight or to change the way you look and, and these you buy into these plans just based on what other people look like or what they look like after the challenge, that shit is fucking killing people. And that's what keeps people on this yeah. road to better health and fitness for two, three decades of their life or more. So had to throw yeah. that out there. But Dude, I, I, I mean, that. Like the, the question that comes up when I when I see those photos as well is like, okay, what does that same crazy progress person look like in a year? You know, did they, did they make a sustainable change in their life or did they just do it like balls to the wall for that one month or or six weeks or whatever it was, you know, did we actually make an impact in their life or did we make an impact in this one tiny point in their life? And was it actually something that they're going to stick to? Um, Also too, there's like, there's speaking of research, there's, there's no magic number there like that's all marketing that's all sales like let's let's just realize that there's there's nothing that you couldn't accomplish like that you have to take 12 weeks for that you know maybe 16 would probably work too or or even nine you could probably get a lot of those benefits as well um it's it's all marketing it's all just to get you in the door to give them money like like that's it you know so so i think realizing that as well again if if you were already like looking for a reason and they're running a sale, all right, cool. And it's something you want to do. And, and you were going that direction in your life anyway. Cool. Yeah. Use that as your excuse. That's fine. Um, but if you're coming from that place, you're, you're, you're probably not looking for just the short-term results anyway, you know? So that's kind of the caveat there, but yeah, no, there's, there's no magic number. It's just, just make fitness and, and, nutrition, just a part of your life, you know, healthy nutrition, yeah. <laughs> just do that. And, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just, uh, I think it also just kind of ties into this, like 
like fitness has become so like hypersexualized on both, both male and female ends of the spectrum for sure. Yep. Especially from the female mm-hmm. side of things. Like you see these, these things that are being sold and they're being sold by somebody who is wearing, you know, very revealing clothing with their body parts hanging out, looking fit as fuck that have probably spent a decade of their life working towards not to mention maybe pharmaceutical or other type of help that might've helped with that. Um, even distortion of like images and videos that you see online in terms of like editing and how they look and what they choose to show you. Like there's a, there's a whole list of fucked up things that people do when they're like deciding what they want to show you or not. Um, and most of it mm-hmm. being their, their idea of what perfect looks like to them. And then that's what we're comparing ourselves to. Um, and when we're being sold on this idea of being perfect, or this is what, you know, this is what health looks like. It's like mm-hmm. just selling sex and just like, um, sorry, not selling sex, but like just selling this like image and selling kind of, um, this sexualized, you know, approach of like approaching how you should look and how you should, um, wear different clothes and how you should show up for yourself in your day-to-day stuff. It's just, it's also mm-hmm. feeding into this idea where we're just really missing the point on what it means to be healthy and yep. you're letting other people and other accounts decide what health the definition of health is for you instead of you determining that on your own. And again, yep. you buy into that and then you left, you're left unfulfilled. And then before you know it, you're just reaching for it again and again and again and wondering yep. why the fuck nothing is happening because of it. That's the, yep. That's, that's the endless trap with external validation. Is it, is it never, it never fully fills you up and uh, the temptation to look for it never goes away as well. So, but yeah, there's, there's actually a, a girl on TikTok now who, who makes fun of gym influencers and uh, I forget her name. I'll, I'll find it and send you the video, but, but she literally narrates what we all know, like what they're thinking, you know, she's like, okay, I'm going to do, um, uh, this is my outfit of the day and I'm turning around just at the right moment. So you all see my ass and, oh, I'm just going to happen to do some RDLs and I'm going to face away from the camera. So I'm bending over and she, she narrates the entire thing. And it's crazy. It might actually be like brilliant marketing just to get people to look at her ass. I don't know, you know, not rolling that out as well, but it's, it's that, it's that idea of like, it's like, who are you trying to fool here? You're just trying to get people to look at certain body parts. You know, you're not, you're not doing, nobody does bicep curls like that, you know, stop it. So yeah, it's, but it it just feeds into this, this idea that like you, you have to look a certain way to, to win at fitness again. And that kind of goes into this idea of, of just winning and dominating again over everybody else. You know, you're, you have to be more curvy than everybody else. Oh God, this girl I saw on Instagram, she has, uh, like a nicer ass than I do. I have to work on that because she made me feel this way. You know, it's just this, this cycle or this guy has bigger biceps. So I'm a little bitch because of that. And I need to go to the gym like 18 hours a day. You know, it's, it's, it's just this, this constant cycle and it never, nobody ever wins because of that. And, and just from experience, the, the people I've known kind of on the other sides of these things, a lot of times on, on Instagram, the people who look the most confident that are trying to show off the most, they are the most empty inside and they are the people that are more insecure than you could ever imagine. So just stop please with the comparisons because you don't know what it's like on the other side of them. They, they could be, they could be great. They could be totally feeling whole and complete and loving themselves. Like awesome. That'd be sweet. But like in my experience, they're not. And 
the mm. more you feel like you have to show off the it's an inverse relationship to how you really feel and the confidence that you really feel. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I say it a lot about like the bodybuilding industry as well. Like the people who like step on stage and do it for a living. But it's like, I've never mm -hmm. met somebody who has done that. Personally, I've never met somebody that's done that their whole life. And there are people and, and, you know, mm -hmm. individuals out there that do not meet this criteria, but most people you see go through that process, come out on the other side or exit that industry and have this greater appreciation for a lot of other things instead of just the vanity aspect of things. Like mm -hmm. nobody comes out mm -hmm. of bodybuilding and is like, everybody should do that. Most of the time they're talking about the experience <laughs> yeah. on how it was so fucked up and why nobody should yeah. do it and why you shouldn't actually pursue it um, yeah. in terms of like they heal their, their digestion and their hormones and they're eating more and they're advertising that life is better with a few more pounds on your frame yeah. um, and talking about lighting yeah. angles and how kind of self-absorbed and how like kind of like egotistical, e egotistical this industry can be. Um, and also just from like a self-love standpoint, how distorted their, their views are on their body and their body image and this dot body dysmorphia that can kind of ruin their life. And those are usually the coaches that come out who are, promoting more self-love, more body positivity, um, eating more calories, helping people realize like, what are the trade-offs that it takes to get to where you want to be? And do we, do we think that's important or do we want to change the direction we go towards here? Because you think that this area is more important, right? Just understanding what, what goals mm -hmm. are important to you, right? Even from a spiritual, like religious side, like those people found other things because they weren't getting any of that from the other side. Um, and yeah. believe it or not, we're just talking about things that tap into this like feminine energy that we talked about from the very beginning of the mm -hmm. post where mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, there's this very masculine type of ideology that we're trying to tap into feminine side of everything got completely forgotten about, or, yeah. you know, yeah. lack of acknowledgement. And then you can bounce back to a complete opposite side. And then you find a balance between the two kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We had this, when I did my yoga teacher training, uh, shout out to Sacred Roots at the studio. They're awesome. But the instructors there were super, super conscious about the idea of comparison and the idea about there's there's nothing that you should be able to do. You know, it's it's whatever your body tells you you're able to do, you know, and you can challenge that over time. But but uh, my instructor, Kelly, told me that a lot of yoga magazines or, or yoga um uh, social media sites and whatnot, they'll take these girls that have never really done yoga before, but they've done gymnastics. So they've done dance. So they're ridiculously flexible from an, like an anatomy standpoint, like their hip sockets are just a little bit shallower. So they're able to like put their leg behind their head or their spinal processes are a little bit more dainty, you know, so they can like bend in a wheel pose completely um, like bending over backwards, literally. So they'll put them in these ridiculous poses that are easy for them to get into, but the captions will be all these like super spiritual things. So it creates this perception that if you can't get into one of those poses, you're not spiritual enough. And you're, you need to like spend more time healing your inner child because my hamstrings aren't spiritual enough, you know? And that was like, and I was like the most inflexible one probably that they've ever had through that teacher training, but learning what can I do? You know, maybe I need 18 blocks on each side of me to, to just go into like a normal forward fold, but that's fine for me because it's my practice. And there's, there's nothing that I should be able to do, or I shouldn't 
have to look like somebody to be as spiritual as them or to be as connected. And so, so yeah, it just goes to your point of comparison again. I mean, there's like, it's, it's all contextual. It's all relative. And I also love what you said about sometimes those, those people that are so balls deep in any sort of industry. Those are the people that come out the other side preaching something opposite because they went through the shit. And usually those people are very self-aware or or something has caused them to be very self-aware, whether it be a traumatic event that they suffered at the hands of being so into, you know, whatever it might be. But like, those are the people you want to listen from, the people that have been on, on both sides of that spectrum and are like, okay, cool. Like you want to do a show. Great. Here are the pros. Here are the cons. Here was my experience. I got way too wrapped up in this side of things and I had to learn there were other things valuable in life. I, I love that so much. And I've heard the same things from all of my super cool friends who have done shows. Every single one of them is like, Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I, I'm glad I did it. I don't know if I do it again because of this, 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 and this, and you know, the, the self-aware ones, those are the ones that I love to listen to. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, dude. A lot of good stuff. I think, <laughs> I think we'll end that uh, podcast. Yeah, that's good. We'll save other stuff for a future date when we get to another one here in the next couple months or so. Um, but dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was, uh, went a little longer, but I anticipated that and I'm, I'm pumped that we got 15, 20 more minutes out of, uh, what we originally planned for. So thank you for spending your time as always tell the people where they can find you. Also, I know you got some like online, uh, training stuff that you're offering now instead of only in person. So plug that and, uh, anything else that you want to say, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks dude. Also just, just a shout out to your audience. Like whenever, uh, you post a video of us, from a podcast, I get a couple new followers from it. And they're, they're so cool. They're, they're so engaged and insightful. And there's some, they're real critical thinkers, man. So I love that. I love all your followers so much. Um, But yeah, so my Instagram is just, just my name at Eric Underwood underscore uh, Eric with a K there. And yeah, DM me if you want to get started with online training, I've I've just gotten into that world. And it's kind of like, damn, I should have done this a while back because it, it works out so well with like both for me and for them. Um, I give you either week, week long programming, month long, couple, couple weeks, you know, however, speaking of magic numbers, if you want to do a 12 week, I'll do that too. But uh, yeah, I can send you videos of any exercises, descriptions, sets, reps, all that good stuff, man. So um, just thank you again. I always enjoy coming on these, these pods with you and uh, just, just talking to any one of these conversations that we've had in person could be a podcast and vice versa. So this is just how we are naturally. <laughs> Man, it's never going to change. So, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> prepare to get sick of us by the end of it. So it is what it is. <laughs> well, thank you, dude. I appreciate your time. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, man. I'll talk to you later. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.